Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. All right, guys, we're going to get started with tonight. Um, We're still in that sermon series, What Happened? And so for those of you just joining us, really, everybody in the Bible has uh, an experience or a story to say, like, man, what happened? You know, like when somebody has an encounter with Jesus, we talked about it always causes them and the people around them to ask, what happened? You know, I use the blind man as an example for that. You know, when Jesus healed the blind man, all of his friends wanted to know what happened. All of his parents wanted to know what happened. The religious people wanted to know what happened. And, um, and he could really only give his credit to Jesus. He, he said, look, you know, as far as the details go, I really don't know. All I know is I was blind. Now I see. And Jesus is the guy who did it. Pretty simple, right? But it's a huge impact. And so even, even, even you guys today have a story like that. And, and your leaders do too. And there's a reason. I say this every week. There's a reason your leaders give the time they give. I mean, we meet every other Sunday for, I always tell them an hour and a half, and it never ends up that. It's usually three hours. So we meet three hours every other Sunday. Uh, we, we do more than that when we're planning events. You know, they come here every Wednesday. I mean, we meet one-on-one um, other than that. And so they put a lot of time, invest a lot of time, and they do it because something happened between them and Jesus. So without further ado, tonight we're going to have, I mentioned in prayer, we're going to have Michaela. Uh, do uh, join us, and we're going to have James and Blake, right? Okay, so Michaela, did you want to go first? Awesome, awesome. Well, y'all give y'all give Michaela a hand. Hey guys, <laughs> that was great participation. Okay, before I get started, I know Brady prayed us in, but I really like to pray just to get in the flow of the spirit. So. Um, God, I just come before you today, Lord God, as a vessel, and I just pray that you would speak in me and through me and that none of these are my words. This is all things that you've done in my life. And I just pray that it would flow smoothly and that your hand is over me, that your peace is over me, that my nerves are calming down right now and that you are just allowing the students to hear my heart and to hear your heart in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Okay. Mariella, would you mind putting that scripture up for me? You can probably keep it up the whole time because I'm going to kind of go back and forth to it. Okay. So I'm just going to read it and then I'm going to get in my testimony. Is that all right with y'all? Okay. Psalm 73, 26. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength in my heart. He is mine forever. Okay. I'm just going to start with that. Um, I'm going to give you a little background information about me. Some of you probably already know. I grew up in church my whole life. Yeah, I grew up in church my whole life. Um, I knew all the scriptures. I went to children's church. I went to family life, so I knew all the Bible stories on the little cards where they had the little story pictures. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And I had encounters with him, but it was never anything really serious. And I don't want to say I didn't have a relationship with him because I did. And I, those, those encounters were personal and they were serious. But it was never anything in my life that brought me to a place where I was like, where would I be without God? It wasn't anything really huge that happened in my life until my eighth grade year. And that's where I'm going to start off. My eighth grade year, I was going to LCA and I was having some medical issues where I was bleeding for about a month. And obviously this isn't normal. I didn't know it wasn't normal. So one morning I woke up. I didn't tell anybody because I was embarrassed about it. 
Um, one morning I woke up with a 103 degree fever and I was feeling really lightheaded and dizzy. And usually my mom will just kind of brush that under the rug, like take some Tylenol, like it's not that big a deal. But she was, she felt something in her spirit that, no, I think we really need to go to Lourdes. So we went to Lourdes and they did a blood, um, a blood test on me. And they told me that I had lost over half of my blood and that if I hadn't went in that day, a week later, I would have probably bled out eventually. And so that hit me really hard because I was like, my life could have been taken away and I wouldn't even known it. And so that was a huge deal for me. And they transported me to women's and children's and they gave me two blood transfusions. And they came in, then they took some more blood from me, even though I had less than half. Um, and they, they told me that I was going to be considered anemic, which means it's not anorexic, totally different. Anemic means that your iron levels are low, which means that you don't have enough iron in your system. And it wasn't anything really huge or because all they were going to give me was iron pills and I had to get on some medicine, but it wasn't anything really serious. But for me, when you think of iron, what do you think of? You think of something like tough and enduring and strong, right? Well, for me, whenever I lost my iron, whenever I lost that part of myself, whenever I was considered anemic, for me, that was looking at myself as a weak person. And that's what I grew my identity in. It wasn't just physically I was weak. Physically, I didn't have any iron. It, it affected me spiritually. It affected me feeling like, oh, I'm a weak person, so I can't do this, and I can't accomplish this. Well, the two blood transfusions that I had, I wanted to be a vet my whole life. Like, I had it all planned out in my head, everything. Like, I, had, I wanted to open up my own vet practice and I wanted to have the boy animals and the girl animals separated. So I'd have like the blue on this side and the pink on this side. And then you'd have the room for the individual animals. Like I had it all planned out in my head, guys. Well, after I got the two blood transfusions, I couldn't even stand the sight of blood anymore. So I was like, well, dang it, God, you took away my future. You took away what I wanted. You didn't provide for me. And like all these things were just rushing through my head. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Like you don't know how much that seriously meant to me that I planned out my future and then you just came in and totally destroyed it. You took everything from me. You took my health. You took my future. And so fast forward to ninth grade year and I went to a 220 conference. That 220 conference changed my perspective on God 100% because it wasn't like I quit following God or anything like that. It was just that those those things that I had felt on my heart that I was weak and that I wasn't good enough for him, it, it, it made it like a parallel to what he thought of me. So I was like, God, you don't think I'm good enough. You don't think I'm a strong person. And so because of that, it caused me to see him as a not good God. And it caused me to have so many insecurities, which caused jealousness about other people and how they were strong in God and how I wasn't. And so when I went to this 220 conference, um, Joel Stockstill was praying over everyone. He had everyone go to the altar and praying over everybody. And he just touched me. And as he touched me, the Lord was just showing me how much he loved me and how much he cared about me and how special I was to him. And so I was touched in that moment. And he started showing me dreams and visions of what I was going to do. He started 
he started redeeming those things that he had taken away that I felt like he had taken away. But it wasn't that he had taken them away. He had something even more special for me. And he had shown me those plans and those dreams and those visions. But yet there was still something in my heart. There was still that wound and that hole in my heart that I felt like I wasn't good enough because of all that I had went through. And so last time, fast forward, we're going to fast forward to internship, my first year of internship. And we would do this thing where it was group prayer, and it was supposed to only last like 15 minutes, and it lasted like two hours. And we had one day where all the interns wanted to pray over each other. So it was like, let's say Brittany, everyone prayed on Brittany, and then everyone prayed on Macy, and so on and so forth. And there were two words that stuck out to me so very strongly, and I will never forget that. Jonathan and Macy were praying over me. The first word that Macy said was that I was going to be a tree of life to people. And she was like, you're going to be a tree that is firmly rooted by the streams of living water. And I know we hear that scripture over and over and over again. But it was something about the way she said it. Like she believed it. And she knew that I was strongly and firmly planted by the streams of living water, which was Jesus. And she was just saying how... That tree was like a covering for people to come who were hurting and who were broken and who just didn't feel the love of Jesus. And whenever they came under that tree, they felt that love, they felt that peace, and they felt that comfort. And that just reminded me of the visions and the things that God had shown me because I was felt so weak, because I felt like my identity was so shattered because of that wound. The Lord just came in and he was like, no, those dreams and those visions I showed you, they were for you. And then, so... Macy started preaching, uh, I mean, speaking that over me. And then Jonathan started praying over me. And he started saying, Michaela, I know you feel like because you, okay, everyone knows I cry all the time, right? Like everybody knows that I cry all the time because I just get so connected to stuff and just emotionally, it's insane. But um, so he was like, I know you feel like because you cry all the time, that makes you weak and it makes you a weak person. And, like, the Lord just, like, struck my heart. And and, uh, Jonathan was like, you are not a weak person. You are so strong because you are so emotionally connected to the heart of God. And ever since that day, it changed my perspective of the way I saw myself. It, It showed me that I'm not a weak person. I am strong in the Lord. I am firmly planted by the streams of living water. And so I'm going to go back to this scripture. So it says, my health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. So when you look at this scripture, what are you going through? What's going through your life right now? What struggle are you going through? Is your flesh failing? Is your health failing? What's going on in your life where God may just be like, hey, You're going through this. You may be exhausted. You may be worn out. You may be stressed. You may be frustrated. You may be angry. I don't know where you're at, but I know that God is a God of redemption and faithfulness, and he has shown that through my testimony. He has shown that through my life, and he has shown that he is a provider for me. He cares for me, and he loves me so much. He is a father to the fatherless. He is just so good. And I can't say that more than enough, just how amazingly good he is. So if you take anything from this testimony, just be reminded of how God loves you so much and that he provides for you and he is your father who cares for you and will do anything to show you how much he loves you. All right, good stuff, man.
And I was connecting with that last scripture. I'm not going to share uh, the story. It's a little private, you know. But anyway, um, next we got James, huh? So give it, give a hand to James. Got your own mic, man. All right, brother. Hello, hello. I am a very nervous person when it comes to public speaking. And when I get nervous, I sometimes stutter. So don't mind that. So I'm going to start my story off from, uh, I was just raised in church, born in church. Um, being born in church, I, uh, I got saved at the age of five in IHOP restaurant. <laughs> I, I don't remember full of details. I just remember after church, I was like, Hey dad, I want to be saved. So got saved. Um, being that I got saved young, I grew up learning the Christian culture, knowing what to say, knowing what to do, knowing how to act. Um, so my parents didn't really have to correct me much because I had three older siblings. Um, I knew what not to do from them. They screwed up a lot. Um, so when I was seven, uh, I started to grow a relationship with my brother. Um, he was 10 years older than me. I really connected with him. Hello. I connected with him. I, it was rough. Um, he left when I was eight years old. To me, having a brother was everything. I loved him, really close to him, so he left. When he was 18, he just left without any notice. I grew up without a brother in my life. Uh, when I was in sixth grade, my parents took in a homeless couple. Um, God told them, hey, they need a home, they need parents, they need a person to lead them. So they weren't married, so um, the guy uh, roomed with me and the girl roomed with my sister. And so he was nine years older than me, so it was kind of like the same age as my brother. So being that we roomed together, we got very close. Um, a couple years later, um, he, he didn't really like something my dad said, so uh, he left. Getting really close again, it was like just about that time where I could call my brother figure in my life. He left. So when he left, it really hurt. Um, a lot of things changed in my life. I just started not caring anymore. Um, when I was in sixth grade, I got rejected a lot. Um, I was bullied, rejected by everyone and anyone. Um, my grades plummeted from fifth grade. I was making like B's and C's going on to seventh grade or going on to sixth grade. I was making straight D's, borderline F's. Uh, didn't care. Didn't care to say, didn't care to do anything. So, where's that water? I need water. All right. Um, so, being that I didn't care anymore, I just kind of went into a slow depression. Um, I tried to commit suicide several times. Um, the only thing that really stopped me was me being scared. I didn't know if I was saved. I didn't know where I'd be going. So it was that was a rough part of my life. At the end of sixth grade, um, a very influential person stepped into my life. Um, some of you may remember him. Some of you may not. Uh, Pastor Brad Sons. Uh, 
he came into my life because my dad, <laughs> my parents didn't know what to do with me. They, they told me stuff, and I was just like talking to a brick wall. Wouldn't listen. So my dad went up to him, told him what was going on, and he came into my life. And, you know, whenever a parent tells you something and you don't listen, that's something. I mean, it's like, okay, he didn't listen, so what? But when a pastor, and to me, growing up in a church, a pastor was like up here. Like you, you listen to a pastor. When a pastor walked into my life, that scared me, really scared me, it scared me into listening. So when he stepped into my life, he uh, one day every week, he would take me out of my last class and we would go up to his office and talk. Um, then he led me through a book, Shadow Boxing. Maybe some of you may have heard of it. It's part of the course, uh, Finding Freedom. So he really just led me through that book. And what that book did, it, it took away all the, I guess, suicidal thoughts. It took away, started taking away my depression. Well, it made me pliable. And if you think about a metal rod, you put it in fire, it makes it pliable so you can work on it, so you can mold it. Well, after that uh, course, no one ever really worked on me. So I started going back into depression. A couple years later, in eighth grade, um, I went into fusion. My first night in fusion, it was, it was interesting. Um, I was very scared of Eric. All I remember was just Eric was in the back room, and I wanted to go to the restroom. I was like, I started walking, and he's like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, uh, should I stay? <laughs> and he's like, no, go. Um, yeah. Eric, you're a very scary person, new people, but that's a good thing. Um, but my first night in Fusion, uh, apparently someone already knew me, uh, Macy Venable, came up to me. She's like, hey, I'm glad you're in Fusion. It's cool to have you here. I didn't know her. I was like, who is this person? So going on with that, it was, it was, it was weird. Um, I said, I, I'm glad someone knew me, and I'm glad someone was excited to, to know me. Because not very people were excited to know me. Like, hey, it's James. Cool. Um, it may seem very simple and very basic, what she said, but at that time in my life, I needed to hear that. Um, I noticed the difference. Um, going on from week to week, I noticed the worship would get stronger. I noticed the messages would get better. I didn't know what was happening, but then I realized it's like nothing was getting stronger. Nothing was getting better. I was receiving better. Um, fast forward at the end of, um, y'all can figure out the time difference. Uh, at the beginning of 2014, I got a job and God's favor was just all over that job. I didn't have to ask for it. Didn't have to go apply for it. Uh, my sister was working there and we were moving to a new location. So my boss said, Hey, you know, someone like help out. I went in, started helping. And then sooner or later I got on payroll. Um, June of 2014, about six months later, I had a work-related accident. I fell off a 14-foot scaffold onto a concrete floor. Um, I braced myself. I, I was just falling. All I knew was to put my arms out. I walked away with a broken arm and a broken nose. Um, that, it didn't affect me much, but it, it that just increased my my fear level of heights, so that didn't help at all. 
Uh, fast forward about a year ago, one of my best friends who became a brother figure to me and who was my leader moved across the country. Um, he was he was something that my real brother and that um, the, the other person that came to life really couldn't be to me. He was my mentor. He was my person that I could look up to, my person that I, I, I would go to. Um, Satan tried to make me think that he was just another person to walk out of my life. But it, when he left, it forced me to start praying. It forced me to start reading. And it forced me to go to God instead of go to him for my answers. Uh, about two months after he left, I got in my first car accident. Um, I wasn't really shaken up about the car accident. It was something green to me. So what? So I was just really upset that my first car was totaled. But uh, I really liked my first car. It was awesome. First car is always awesome. But I got a new car. And when I got a new car, it was I was loving that car too. So, I mean. Um, but eight months after I got that new car, um, I hit a mattress and I rolled four times. That scared me. You're going 50 miles an hour on the highway, you hit a mattress, you just think about flipping. I didn't want to drive anymore. Um, I started thinking to myself, I'm not driving, I'm done. Dad, you can take me wherever you want. I'm just done. Um, then I got uh, my sister, got a CRV. She sold hers to me and got a van. Whenever I got that car, I, I, I was nervous. I get in the car, I, I didn't know what to think. So I came up for prayer, and um, when I came up for prayer, it just uh, it helped. It just helped me know that God had me, and I've always had a faith issue. So having prayer over that, me feeling more confident around that situation, just helped my faith grow strong. So even, um, yeah. and I recently started looking for a new job. Um, but the job that I was looking for, I'm um, going to college for IT. And so I really want a job that is focused on that area. I didn't even have time to apply for the job that I wanted. I didn't even have time to look for it. Um, a person texted me and was like, hey, you want to work for this company? I said, of course. <laughs> That's what I want. That's what I'm going for. And so whenever, um, whenever he texted me, I was excited. But I called, and the guy never answered. I left a voicemail. The guy never answered. And so even though he hadn't texted me back, I'm just learning that God knows my heart because I, the person who texted me did not know that I wanted that job. Nobody knew except one person that I wanted that job. And so just knowing that, that told me that God knows my heart. He knows what I want. And so that made my faith level increase even more. And so just recapping through my whole testimony, um, throughout my life, there's three incidents where I should have died, like not, not been here at all. Um, when I was younger, I got into uh, a car accident. My sister was driving. I was sleeping on the door that the car hit, hit uh, T-bone. I was sleeping against the door. That impact that the car was, should have been going, like was going, I shouldn't be here. I'm here. Um, I fell off 14 foot scaffold into a concrete floor. 14 feet. 
and my body weight, a head against the floor, I shouldn't be here. Then also rolling a car four times, going 50 miles an hour, hitting a mattress, I shouldn't be here. But just knowing that, God is awesome. He's awesome. My faith level over the past recent events has shot up. If you're struggling with faith, things are going to happen. Stay strong through it. Because that's how your faith increases. That's how your faith increases in God. Stuff. Good job, man. Oh, man. Yeah, and I've, I got to witness a lot of that in that last little job deal. I want to elaborate a little bit on that from my perspective. I was the one guy that knew um, the specific company. I mean, two weeks before, James and I were meeting, and um, and we prayed, and we just said, man, let's just ask the Lord for an open door in that in that company. We even looked at that specific company, printed out um, job requirements for it, all that stuff, and um, he hadn't said anything to anybody else. I hadn't said anything to anybody else. And so he texted me the day that he said, man, you're never going to believe somebody like the owner of the company contacted one of the pastors here to uh, see if they were looking. And the pastor who had never talked to me told James or uh, said, yeah, man, check out James. Uh, check out James Monte. I think he might be interested. So it's just crazy. You know, like we prayed, didn't say anything and, and God positioned things to come. So that's just a cool little, little addition there. All right. So up next is Blake. So give a hand to Blake. Yes, that was loud. How y'all doing? I'm kind of nervous. This is the first time I've ever said my testimony in front of a bunch of people. Not a bunch, bunch, but um, everything I'm going to say was in my past and before Christ. Um, it's going to end with me getting saved, but everything was a purpose of what happened in my life, and everything was a purpose of when I got saved. Um, well, anyway, I'll get started. Um, I grew up in church, um, Pentecostal church, not a Pentecostal, but a Holy Spirit-filled church. Uh, I'm not wooden Pentecostal, but um, a church kind of like this. It was filled with a bunch of older people, but, you know, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, too. Um so I grew up in all this. Um, I did not grow up in a Christian family um, at all. Um, my mom was saved. Um, she got saved when she was about 20-something years old. My dad was not saved. Actually, my dad did not like Christians. My dad did not like church. He did not agree with it. Um, he had trouble with alcohol. He was an alcoholic for a little bit, for a long while. Um, and when we were kids, you know, he would come home every other night just drunk and, and my mom would, would try to talk to him and stuff and he'd, and he'd get very angry. And I remember when I was a kid, I, we were, me and my brother would put our ears to the wall and we, we would hear what they were saying and everything. And, and we're just thinking, man, what's going on? And that was, that was normal to us. That was a normal thing, uh, growing up. And um, when I grew up, uh, we more feared my dad more than thought of him as a loving father. We we just we were we were more of afraid of him. Um, 
So that did a lot of things of how I saw God. I was more of afraid to, I guess, get God mad. So uh, growing up, I was a the funny kid. I was the kid that, you know, lightened up the mood. I was the one that was always cutting up and always doing the stupid things. Um, it was a good, I liked it, but things, other things I didn't like was uh, kids, they would try to make, they would try to use you to get entertainment out of you instead of be your friend. Oh, he's the funny guy. Look at him. But a lot of times uh, I, did, I wouldn't befriend those people because they would want something out of you. Um, when I was a kid uh, growing up, even through high school, I was very apathetic. Um, when I say apathetic, I mean I had no passion uh, for certain things. I was very... Uh, I was not motivated for school, schoolwork, nothing like that. Um, it was, it was uh, depression. I had depression. I would go to school sometimes like a zombie. I would, my hair's all messed up. My my clothes all messed up. Uh, I just remember that just one day, just going. I'm like, man, what, what am I doing? Why am I here? I, and um. Uh, just didn't have care. I didn't love myself at all when I was growing up. I know I'm a funny guy now, but I did not love myself to care about my future. Like, I didn't think I had a future. I really didn't. Because uh, um, I was just, I had that rejection from my dad. And I, I thought, you know what? If he doesn't care about what I do, I don't care about what I do. I, I, really, I really didn't care. Um, throughout my whole school, school career, I failed three grades. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's bad. I'm telling you, no, no one knew this. Not, not many people knew this, but, you know, I was able to skip grades and actually graduate when I was supposed to, but I failed three grades. That's how bad it was. I didn't care about anything. I didn't care about my future. Um. Uh, and that was just one of the hardest times in my life. And uh, I felt so guilty in myself. I, I hated myself because of that. And I, I remember a lot of times just thinking, man, I want to be someone else. I don't want to be me. I want to go to another school and have a different, a different reputation because I, I hate the way I, I am to everyone. And uh, that's just how I lived like my life. Uh, but I just kept living that way, um, just not caring, not loving myself. I wasn't a bad kid. I just didn't love myself. I didn't care about what I did with my life. Um, you know, I cared for other people, and I just didn't care about myself. Um, so that was the bad news. That was <laughs> that was the hard news growing up. Um, um, but there's good news. I. This is what happened, you know. Um, it was about, when I was about 14, I went to a summer camp. My mom heard about it from my aunt, and my aunt told my mom, and, and I was like, sure, I'll go, why not? You know, I have nothing else to do with the summer. Um, so I went. I didn't know anybody. It was in Baton Rouge. wasn't Bethany. It was another church. But um, I didn't know anybody, and I was I went, and they had worship services. 
And I looked at people and I was like, man, what's what's up with these people? They're worshiping with all their heart. They're the same age as me. Why am I not like them? I, w- I go to church. I go to a Holy Spirit filled church, but I, I'm not getting the same experiences they're getting. Why not? And I, that summer camp, I started worshiping like they were. I started getting uh, I, I started receiving from the word like they were. And it really changed my perspective of what church was supposed to be like. Um, everyone, you know, we went to summer camp and it was fun. We had fun. We played, we played pranks on people. We, it was really, never mind, they had a really funny prank, but, um, and it changed my perspective. I didn't get saved though. I actually, but that one night I did speak in tongues and it was like the last night. It was like before we were about to leave. I started speaking in tongues and, um, he's just like, just pray like this. And I started praying and I was like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't really do it after that. But I I always wanted to know about that stuff because I saw it in church, but I didn't do it. Um, then, I didn't get saved then, but it was a stepping stone. It really was because it, 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 my mind was, was opened up to it. Um, then we, we stopped going to the old people church. Uh, my mom was... We had like five people in the youth, so we were just like, this is starting to get stagnant. So we went to, we started coming to this church. We started coming to Family Life Church, and I loved it. I went to one service, and my mom asked me if I want to start coming here. I was like, yeah, I do. So um, I went to an encounter. I don't know if you guys know what the encounter is. I'm sure you heard of it. Um, that's where I got saved. Um, that's where I asked for forgiveness for my sins, and I got saved. Um, it was at the cross session. I said, God, I'm tired of living this way. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of the way I live. I hate it. I don't love myself, you know. So um, I got saved right there. But I was in high school, just getting into high school, and um and I had friends that were not godly, and they would sway me into certain paths that, like, I knew I shouldn't have been going. So um, I actually started coming to church a lot more. Um, my mom would bring me, so I would, uh, you know, as long as mom brings me, I'm going. So, because um, I still had that hunger, I still knew what I should have been doing, so I did it. Um, I I started having godly friends, like really godly friends. Um, I started to want God more. I started to, I started to want God and I had a hunger for God. I remember on the weekends we would pray in the, uh, in the prayer room and we would, and it would just, the glory would fall about just four of us. And that's how hungry we were. Like we weren't going into the clubs on the weekends. We weren't hanging out anywhere else. We were praying. We were like, we wanted more. Like we needed it because you know, the way, the way, the stinky life I was living before, like, dude, I need this stuff. I, I really do. Um, so one night me and my friend was in the car, um, and I was like, man, let's start getting up and praying and reading our Bibles. Um, and, he, and I was, and he was like, yeah. And I was like, let's start getting up at four in the morning. And it got quiet. <laughs> it got really quiet. And he was like, yeah. 
So I, I, I started getting up in the mornings. I started on a Monday. I would do it before I go to high school, before I go to school. And, um, I'd wake up and I'd, uh, I'd, I'd put on the coffee, you know, yeah, coffee. Um, I don't need it, but I, I drink it. Um, that's, um, and then I'd start reading my Bible and then I'd pray. And that was my ritual. For the first week, let me tell you, I didn't feel a thing. I didn't feel anything. <laughs> I didn't feel anything at all. Like I felt like, hello, hello, hello. That's what it felt like. Because <laughs> I felt like, God, where are you? I'm, I'm trying now. I'm trying. Like this is for the first time in my life that I've actually tried. I've 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 been in corporate uh, settings where you know it's it's a lot of people and I feel the presence of God with my friends and stuff. But I'm trying it just me this time, and I'm not feeling anything. Where are you? And I was very discouraged. I was like, because if I don't feel anything and if I don't get anything out of this, then what am I here for? I just want to know that you're real. I just want to know that you you can change me because I was still going through stuff. You know, I was still going through my past and stuff. I was still going through all the rejection and stuff. And uh, I just needed God to start moving in my life because I was I needed it. Then um, one morning it just happened. I don't know what happened, but it happened. Uh, I was just praying and I. What I would do when I would listen to worship, uh, I would I would put on Jason Upton. I don't know if you guys know who Jason Upton is, but he was my jam back in the day. Like that was that was it. That's all I had because my stereo system would only play one CD for some reason. It was I think it was God, like it was God, because it would only play that one CD. And I'm like, why is it only playing this one CD? But I'm gonna listen to it because I actually do like it. So I was listening to it, and one song came on. And I'm, I have my, I'm on my knees and I'm praying like this. And I'm just like, man, and I'm, I'm starting to feel something. I'm starting to feel like the Holy Spirit. It was like the, the greatest peace I've ever felt in my life. And like, and at this point, I'm, I'm just still with my raised, my uh, hands are raised and I feel something hit me in my gut. Something just hit me. I'm just, I'm in my room. I'm just like, you know, I'm just in my room. I'm not at no service, no conference. I'm just in my room and I'm seeking God and it hits, he hits me in my stomach and I'm on the ground, I'm laying on the ground and God starts to move in me. Like it, it's, I, I can't, you know, I can physically show you how it felt, but I felt like God was, he had a chain and I felt like God was in the room and it felt like he was just, he was just drawing things out of my stomach, out of my belly. And he, he, it felt like he was dragging. He was taking all the stuff that was in me that I that I was dealing with, and all the stuff that I dealt with in the past, and the stuff that that I was dealing with at that point. And it felt like, because I felt it in my stomach, it felt like something was coming out of my stomach, and and it stopped. And then I felt like God was starting to move and starting to put things in me, and I felt like I was receiving something from God, and and, and he was he was just receiving something in my belly, like in my spirit, and. And that that experience in itself changed me forever. Like that right there, like it was so intimate. It was something that was so personal. I said, I can't, I can't like reject God now. Like this, this, 
I was I was having fear that I was gonna like I was gonna like turn my back because I didn't feel anything. But this is something that changed my life. And I was I was speaking in tongues. I did not really speak in tongues before that. I started speaking in tongues. I started doing everything that everybody else was doing. That I was like, man, why can't I get that? And I was getting it. And God was moving in me. I go. I went to school that morning, and I I I was so proud. I I put up my my Bible, and I was flapping it open, and I was like, this is what this was what I'm about right here. This is this is how I'm living now. Like, um, that is. That's pretty much where I got on fire for God. I got saved before, but this is where it changed. Like it was a process. There was a process when I kept going. I kept going to the prayer room. I kept going in my room and praying. And I kept every morning, I kept doing it. Uh, for some reason, God gave me grace to get up in that because I can't do it now. I can't get up at that, that early now. It was grace. And God gave me the grace to do that. And through that, you know, my past, like, I felt rejected when I was a kid, when I was young. God was speaking to me saying, I I don't reject you. I accept you. You're my son. And and you're not a failure. You're not a failure. You, You are my son. You may have had no idea about where you were going in life, and you may have not even cared, but I have a plan for you. I have a certain plan I've called you. And he would speak this to me, and he would say these things to me in my room. This is not, this was not somewhere, you know, in the mountains where you, you, everyone thinks they can just hear from God. This was in my own place where things was crazy. So, I just wanted to speak that's my testimony right there. But um, your testimony, I wanted to speak about your testimony because maybe some of you don't think that you have a testimony. But the thing is, your testimony right now is being written. Tonight, to, I mean today, the day that where your age is, this is where I got on fire for God. You may not think... Uh, that your testimony is important, but right now it's being written and God's going to bring you through some things that you're going to need to get on your knees and you're going to need to ask God. You're going to need to get desperate like I was desperate because I needed it. You got to know your need for God. You got to know it because if you don't have that need, you got to pray for the need because a lot of times I, I felt nothing and I'm like, God, I need you to help me. I need help because I want to need. I want to want. And God is going to speak to you guys because you don't need a church service. You don't need a conference. You can do it in your own house. You can you can pray on your personal time and God will speak to you then, right there, personally, because He knows where you've been and you know He knows where you came from. No matter where you came from, He was there the entire time. So, um, that's it. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That's a great story, man. I love it. I love the difference or the diverse testimonies. When uh, when Blake was just up here, um, everybody has seen this verse before. Um, and it might be a little last minute, uh, but Jeremiah 29, 11. 
but I'm going to do uh, 12 and 13 before we close. You know, when Blake was talking about just being desperate, you know, like, uh, man, I, I need this stuff. You know, he had made he had made the statement uh, from what I'm coming from. I need this stuff. Or when he said, you know, I, I was desperate for that. You know, I was desperate for that. And when he talked about the weak, he didn't feel anything. Man, when you seek God for a, a, a long period of time and you still don't hear God, man, that's when you get to the end of yourself. You're like, man, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm like this close to giving up, you know. And I always say God is never a moment too early because if he was, he wouldn't maximize like the impact that he has on you. But it, and he's never a moment too late because if he was a moment too late, he lost you like he's right on time. And so uh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And then check this next part out. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. It's hard to seek God with all your heart if you're not at the end of yourself like that. But that's when he comes through. Y'all receive that? Yeah, well, let's stand, guys. Let's pray out before we before we close or as we close. All right, guys, we're just going to pray out. Lord, we love that that you love everybody individually. And that part of the purpose and plan for every individual person is that they have a unique testimony with you and a unique experience with you and a unique story with you. And God, I pray that you would start to show every student in here that they are somewhere on the spectrum of a story and a testimony with you. Maybe they're just getting started. Maybe they haven't started yet. Uh, Maybe Maybe they're, they're real deep into it and they already have some things that if I gave them the mic, Jesus, they'd be able to share with the rest of the students. Wherever they are, they're on a journey. And God, I just pray right now that as everybody's heads are bowed, that you would speak individually to them. And wherever they are on that journey, that you'd show them what the next step is. So everybody just close your eyes and I'm just going to pray, Jesus, I pray that right now you would show every person in here what's the next step. Maybe they don't know you. Maybe the next step is that they would come to know you. Maybe the next step is that they would say, you know what, uh, Jesus, I hear a lot about you. I've been coming around, uh, you know, churches for a little while now, uh, but I I really don't know that I know you. And I I hear people talk about that, but I really don't know what that is. Maybe that's you. And and all that's required there is for you to just say, Jesus, I want you to forgive me. And I want to know you. I want you to cleanse me of my sins. And I want to turn away from that stuff. And I want to have a relationship with you. If you'll pray that from your heart, you'll get saved. That's what people call getting saved. You'll feel differently. You'll start to notice things differently. Maybe you, maybe you did that, but maybe the next step for you is to surrender more. Maybe God's put his finger on a few things that might be holding you back from more of an experience with him. And so if that's you, let the Holy Spirit convict you of that. So Jesus, I pray that, that you would convict everybody in this room. Show them where they are on the spectrum. And God, I pray that you would lead them into like the next step that they have with you, the next step of the what happened story in their life. Jesus, I pray over everybody here that, God, you keep them safe until we meet again next week. Jesus, I pray that you continue to grow every man into the man he's supposed to be and every lady into the lady she's supposed to be. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. And God, we be sure to give you all the glory and all the honor for all that you're doing now, all that you have done, and all that you're going to do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. 